Welcome back to the For the Ladies podcast. For today's Ladies of Golf interview, we welcomed Becky Newell, who is tournament director for the Solheim Cup. Becky has held this role before, but this time around, the Solheim Cup is being contested in a place near and dear to her heart, her hometown of Toledo, Ohio. Becky has had a really interesting career path, starting her career in education and transitioning into sports. Her passion for community and golf shines, and she is certainly an inspiration for anyone who wants to lead in sport. Now, before you listen to the interview, hit pause and head to the For the Ladies Instagram because we're doing a sweepstakes with the Solheim Cup. You could win a prize pack or tickets to the event this fall, so make sure you check that out and enter. Best of luck. As always, this Ladies of Golf interview is brought to you in thanks to our partnership with the United States Golf Association. Let's get into it. Well, thanks for doing this with me. Oh, no worries. I love this. This is great. Yeah, yeah. I'm super excited. I mean, I'm so excited that it's getting closer by the day. I'm sure you're feeling a lot of different things, but yeah. No, it's, I mean, to think that we've been working on this for, well, I've been here three years now. It just is like, okay, it's time. Let's do this. So right. 62 days. So. All right. Well, so for the, for the ladies podcast, um, I always start with just quick nine questions. So just, um, answer what, what comes to mind for you. Um, what is your favorite, okay. what is your favorite social media? Great question. I do Twitter for my news. And then when I just want to kick back and see what's going on in the world with friends and family and stuff, it's usually Snapchat, Instagram, or Facebook. So quite a few. That's kind of how I roll. I like it. <laughs> what was the last show that you binge watched? Okay. No, can't judge. No judging. No so, judging. Suits. I'm going, I'm going to through suits for my second time. I just love that. Harvey Specter is like my favorite. I just wish I could play golf with him, have him come here. I mean, Michael, I mean, I just love Suits. So. I loved Suits. We watched it really quickly. Um, just like good storyline. Mm-hmm. And you know what? At the end of the day, when you work 12, 13 hours, it's just sometimes good to just have something like that. So right. I know what um, I'm getting since I'm watching it for the third time. <laughs> right, right. Uh, the last book you read. So I'm a big Ruth Ware. I like that author. I read again, because I love to repeat things. Woman in Cabin 10 is one of my, I love Ruth Ware books. So, okay. and it's again, kind of like how Suits is, it's just sometimes just, just nice to chill and read a book with a good glass of wine. Perfect. What's um, a recent song you've added to a playlist or listened to a lot recently? Huge country fan. Um, I love Chris Young. And now that we're going to have him here, Solheim Cup weekend for our Saturday concert in Promenade Park. Huge Chris Young fan. And I just love country all in general. So bought my tickets. I'm ready to go. I'm pumped. Awesome. <laughs> love it. <laughs> uh, what is one of the biggest lessons you learned during the pandemic? We can survive. Basically, we can survive as a country, as an individual, as companies, you know, to see us get through this and now coming out of it, you know, you know, there's been a lot of lives lost to COVID and so on, but I feel like we can survive as Americans and we'll figure it out. And that's what we've done. That's right. If you weren't working in golf, what would you be doing? 
That's a great question. It's hard. I mean, I love event planning. I love seeing something from the beginning and then it comes to fruition. So that first kind of first idea you put on a piece of paper to it comes to fruition. So probably something in the events. Not only do I watch golf, I'm a huge hockey fan. So probably mm-hmm. would have done maybe something in hockey. Nice. I always wanted to be a GM. Oh, okay. So, oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, favorite beverage for an evening on the back patio. Yep, it'd probably be a glass of red wine, you know, noir. Love for it. sure. Love it. Uh, the best piece of advice you've received? I think back to my days with IMG and um, somebody who was a, a, a great role model for me, male, was Mark Steinberg. And something that he always said when you're working really, really hard, sometimes you don't take time to sit back and look at what you've produced as a team. You know, it takes a team. It's not always an individual. And just to kind of sit back and, and look at what you've done and be proud of what you've done. You know, are there mistakes along the way? Absolutely. Are there things that are strong that you come out with? Absolutely. But just always to take some time to reflect and look back at what you've been able to put together with a team of you. So I like that. And Team USA or Team Europe? Oh, come on, Abby. You had to ask that question. <laughs> team USA, come on. all the way yes yes all right so did you grow up playing golf or other sports so I get asked that question a lot I did not play golf as a kid my dad who is 87 still plays golf twice a week um got real excited when he shot his age last year he had to take a screenshot of his (laughs) scorecard and send it to me but um he I played I ran track and played basketball in, in high school. And then I ran track in college. I always Mm. thought that was going to, you know, get my ticket, you know, I was going to become an Olympic athlete or something, but then, um, picked up golf, not until I was in my late twenties, early thirties. Okay. And why did you pick it up at that point? Cause the man that I married, he was playing all the time. And Mark, I remember I had my starter set of clubs, my three, five, seven, and nine iron. I used it for everything. And yeah. a cutter too, but um, yeah, he was the one who really got me out there playing and we just had a lot of fun playing together. So nice, nice. And I saw that, you know, after school, you became a teacher. Mm-hmm. And so how did you like get interested then in working in sports? Yeah. I mean, I've always loved sports, I guess, to uh-huh. playing it in, you know, as, as early as I think I was in third grade when I played softball, but um, just always really enjoyed sports. And, um, and then I coached when I was at Mommy Valley and Ottawa Hills when I was a teacher. And then I, um, I started volunteering at that event called the Jamie Farr. So mm-hmm. out there at Highland Meadows, since I grew up here, so started out as a volunteer and, and got to know people in the golf industry. So, you know, the teacher's favorite thing, June, July, and August used to be the three months you were off. So why not go out and help, you know, a good cause and learn more about the industry? What, what did you volunteer in? Like what areas? Okay. Judd might shoot me for some of these things, but I think <laughs> I was anywhere from working in the office to one time, you know, so these are really good lessons because as you're running a tournament, you learn and, and you want to instill in people who are doing the volunteer side of it. Make sure you remember these people. So I remember being a marshal in a rain delay and I got stuck out at the middle of Highland Meadows. Gosh, knows what hole I was on. Um, I did that. I was a caddy master. You know, I think I've done it all. Leaderboards, walking scores. So I really got to understand kind of what it takes from a volunteer standpoint to put on a, a professional golf tournament. So it was great learning tools. 
Yeah, volunteers are like incredibly critical to putting on a golf event. I mean, I know that there's like, how many volunteers do you guys expect for the Solheim Cup? 2,000. 2,000 volunteers, like absolutely insane. Yes, yes, it's it's incredible. But you know, it's, I don't want to get off on a tangent, but the volunteers, a lot of them, they just follow from event to event. And many of them already represent or they volunteer at LPGA events. They have, you know, sure. love for our tour and for our athletes, these incredible athletes that we have. So um, they just kind of follow us around, which is a good thing. Yeah. So when you moved to Atlanta after, like, you, do you moved with your husband's career? Yes, we did. So I had to pick up, I left Mommy Valley, like in the middle of the year in January. Okay. I moved to um, the Atlanta area and had some really good friends. My headmaster from Mommy Valley actually knew a headmaster at Woodward Academy, which was down in the Atlanta area. And I actually got offered a job at the time. Mm. And then I decided, ah, you know what, I think I'm going to take a because I had a two-year-old at the time. I'm like, I think I'll just take a step away from, you know, teaching and just see what unfolds. And then the group that helped um, executive sports that helped bring in radios, leaderboards, they did a lot of operational behind the scenes for the Jamie Farr at the time. They had an office in Marietta, Georgia. So I ended up connecting with them, had stayed in contact. And there was an LPGA event on the south side of town at that time called the um, Sega Women's Championship. And then it was like the Women's Championship. And then in 95, we got Chick-fil-A as a title sponsor. So kind of helped um, at different things and roles with executive sports with, you know, um, program gifts, uh, procurement for different corporate sponsors with, you know, events that they were hosting and then kind of folded into the LPGA. And I was with that event for 11 years. So. That's amazing. And, and how do you feel like your teaching career kind of like, at least like provided you some sort of background to be successful at, at executive sports? Yeah, I think, um, the biggest thing that I learned was that communication. And I know mm. today, I mean, I try to instill in a lot of our young people to communicate, communicate, communicate. You know, I know people can't see this, but using your phone and ways to communicate, it's like pick up the phone and call people. So I think, you know, not always just in emails and things like that. I will immediately pick up the phone before I want to send an email because you can usually get it done in like one minute. This is eight emails back and forth. So, right. so communicate between communicating a uh, huge, I love to organize. I organize all the time. I think that's what it takes and, and being able to lead, I think in the groups that I worked with and when I've coached in the past, I mean, being a coach really helps you become a really good leader, whether it's, you know, the young people, you know, or it's, you know, it's a group or a team that you're playing with on the weekends, but yeah. that whole communications, organizing, being able to be a good leader and a management of your, of your time too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're managing the classroom. So got to manage all the. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> and in mommy Valley, we used to write our own curriculum. So we used mm. to spend the summers doing that. So I think there was just a lot of things that I came out. Heck when I went through Bowling Green and their education program, they didn't have sports management. It didn't come till afterwards. So there was never an option for me to get into sports management. Sure. So at what point then did you join the LPGA and leave Elevate Sports to go into the association? Yeah, so great, 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 great question. So when I was in Atlanta, it was an LPGA event. So we worked right. very, very closely with the tour. We worked actually for a nonprofit called Metro South Golf Charities. There's only three employees that ran the tournament, plus our 1,500 volunteers. Right. But um, got to know people, again, much like the whole executive sports days, going back to Jamie Farr, just continued to network, 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 and especially in our industry, 
I think our industry is very, very small, but it's very, very big at the same time. Like Aaron Flickinger, who is in operations with me, he'll talk about somebody he knew at Bedminster during the Women's US Open. I'm like, oh my gosh, I knew that person. And, you know, we just all like you, and I'm sure Abby, with what you're, with what you're doing, you meet more and more people, you know, that kind of blend with, you know, into golf. So going back to your question, sorry about that, got off on a tangent, but from that, uh, we lost Chick-fil-A as our title sponsor to the SEC ACC football because they play bowl. Right. they actually signed their deal in our skybox. I think it was on the final day. It, it was it was kind of a sad moment because we wow. were a nonprofit. We gave um, eleven million dollars to charity mm-hmm. in our short time span to to Chick Fil A. So I was without a job. You know, I went with a month without a job. I actually worked then. I was a race director for the biggest ten k US ten k classic in North Atlanta. So I was a race director for one full year. We had. Um, Olympic time trials too, from both cycling oh, cool. and, for wheel- and for wheelchair. So we wow. had in line, we had a half marathon, marathon, and then the 10K, but supposedly it was named the biggest US 10K class, US 10K in the world because it was all uphill in, oh in the gosh. Cumberland area. So then um, got a call from Octagon. They knew I had always wanted to live in Colorado. I wanted to work in Colorado, wanted to go to Colorado. It's where my family was from. And they said, we have a great opportunity. Would you go to Beijing and be a part of a men's Asian tour event and run that from the ground up? Mm. And I'm like, oh, sure. What all do I need to do? And, you know, from that point, we had to get, you know, I think my passport at that time had expired. So basically, (laughs) I got asked that in February and by... March 1st, I was in China, in Beijing, living downtown in the business district. It was fun. A lot of fun. Didn't speak the language, but kind of they dangled this idea that if I went to China, we'd get a golf tournament or an LPGA event in Colorado. Well, that didn't come to fruition. So I was out of that job and then I got the call from IMG. So that's when I went to work for them, Um, ran a couple of events for Annika, did our master's program, was a tournament director for the Tavistock Cup, which is in Florida no longer there, but um, had a great time with that. And then I remember I got a call from Kelly Hine with who is with the LPGA now, would I be interested in the 2013 Solheim Cup? And that was in 2011. And I said, absolutely, blah, blah, blah. And things have just been all uphill since then. How, I mean, you are clearly very <laughs> like flexible in <laughs> opportunities that come your way. Like, why do you think, is that just like your personality or what's your mindset with that? Well, and actually I have a great family. My husband has been awesome. I mean, we both love to experience things where, I mean, would I have loved to have had both my children grow up in, in Toledo where both my husband and I grew up? Absolutely. But, you know, sure. we weren't dealt those cards and he was offered a transfer. So we spent 18 years in Atlanta. My kids grew up there. They loved it there. And I think we've both instilled in them that moving around is okay. I don't know sometimes if it is or not, but just really getting out and meeting new people. Um, you know, our time spent in Colorado was great. And then, mm-hmm. you know, moved to Florida and then moved to Ohio and four houses in 10 years and four cities and states. Kind of fun. If you ask me, do I wish I would have done it when I was in my probably early 30s? Absolutely. But sure. I love our athletes. I love our industry. I love the golf industry in general. I really am bad at golf. So Abby, hopefully you never see me swinging a club (laughs) at the first tee because you will just put your hand over your eyes and just go walk away. (gasps) 
how can you be in the golf industry and really be that? Eh, it's fine. But, but, you know, our, it, kind of like our commissioner, well, former commissioner now, Mike Juan, what I love about our athletes is I feel like every night you can go to bed. And if you've asked something of an athlete the next day, they need to show up at 7am. They're going to be there. They support you. They know what you're trying to do for our um, organization. And it's, it's just very, very refreshing. And every day is different. It's not mm -hmm. a nine to five job. And that's basically what I love doing. So let's talk Solheim Cup. You became the tournament director of the 2013 Solheim Cup. Mm -hmm. how, what was that like? Did you know a lot about the Solheim Cup prior to then? Um, was this like a role you were always seeking to have? Well, I can remember those Chick-fil-A days when um, I can remember my, one of my colleagues and I, when the Solheim Cup was at the Greenbrier, actually executive mm. sports was hired at the time to do operations for it. So I was at the oh. Greenbrier event, you know, okay. really in the back of my mind, wow, it would be cool someday to, you know, be a part of this. And I've been blessed to, you know, been to um, and attended other Solheim Cups along the way. Sure. But um, 13 was just it. I, I can still remember I was driving in my car back from Charleston when I got the call from Kelly Hine for the, to move there in 2011. I think it was like the winter of 2010. Then I remember going to my boss, Mark Steinberg at the time and saying, you know, what do I do? You know, I was really <laughs> open with him. He's like, Becky, it's the biggest event at women's professional golf. Why don't, I mean, to me, sure. there was no question in mind. And we had lost a couple of tournaments and IMG was going through a couple of, you know, reorgs and stuff, but um, he's like, go for it, dude. I was like, okay. Yeah. I went to the 2013. I was there with the junior Solheim Cup. Okay. For Because I was at the AJGA at the time. And we got to attend one of the days. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, this is the coolest golf experience I've ever had. Um, so I can't wait for it to come to Toledo. It's just. Yeah. I think, Abby, you're going to be, if you compare it. I mean, I look now, even with our build starting out here at Inverness, I, um, well, number one, it gives me goosebumps. It actually know. Gets, me a little, gets me a little teary eyed, but what we did in 13 and what we're doing here in 2021 is like night and day. Oh, it's, wow. It's, a, it's incredible. I mean, 13 was tough in the fact that, and you probably remember this attending, you know, our demographics tend to be a little bit on the older side. Sure. And so, you know, you figure you were at 6,400 square feet above sea level. You're, I mean, Smile High Stadium there in Denver. We were higher than that out at, um, in Parker at the uh, Colorado Golf Club. But um, just telling people to hydrate, you know, they couldn't walk. It was so hot. I mean, we had fires, you know, months before. It was the biggest heat wave they've ever had. So, to me, it was as a tournament director, a recipe for disaster, but, you know, <laughs> we made it happen. And then, you know, 17 just was amazing too in Des Moines, but just, I just hope more and more people will come out and join us here. Now that the, I mean, what a better way to celebrate coming off of COVID than to celebrate the red, white, and blue. I mean, come on, our most patriotic event in women's golf going to yeah. be right here in our backyard. What would you say have been some of the lessons you've learned from those past Solheim Cups uh, that you're trying to integrate? Well, number one, you want to, you think about 2000 volunteers and you want to try to make every volunteer happy. Well, it's not going to happen. Mm. I mean, those were, I mean, you want people to be happy. You want them to feel successful. They want, you want them to have a good time. So they come back And And I think this is really for anybody. I, I look at a couple of people on our staff who are younger and you can't please everybody. And sometimes you just have to put your foot down and, you know, mm. we can't make that happen. I mean, I would rather have two or three things that are like really I almost said a bad word, but kick it <laughs> and, 
and do them really, really well than to think, oh, I did the, we had these 10 great things that we did and you only do four of them well. So sure. I think that's, those are the things that kind of le- keep me up at night is just making sure that dotting the I's, crossing the T's, making sure that number one, volunteers have a successful event, but it's our, our corporate hospitality, all of our corporate partners, Toledo, I'm just amazed that not one partner during COVID said, you know what, I I can't hang on to this anymore. I don't know what's going to happen with COVID. Our company can't support it anymore. Everyone has stayed on board. No one has asked for relief. If that's a, I mean, yeah. Yeah. That's so nice. And, and, you know, I always say Toledo for the size that it is, it is a big golf town. They're used to having the LPGA, the women, the female golfers competing in their city, um, and it's just great that we're being rewarded with the Solheim Cup. How has it been planning, though, for you in Toledo, a place that you know well? Right. It, that is that's probably one of my favorite questions to answer. So you're right. Toledo loves golf. I mean, 37 years of, you know, the LPGA coming here. I don't think people realize yet what Solheim Cup is versus the Marathon Classic, you know, match sure. play, like we don't hold up quiet, please paddles here. We hold up, get loud. It's all about the party. It's all about the concerts on the first tee, what we have planned out on the golf course. So Mm -hmm. bring your kids, bring your family. And you know what, whether you play golf or you don't play golf, and that's, I'm hoping with, for the ladies, they hear this, whether you're playing or you're not playing that come out here, grab a beer. I mean, it's all about the red, white, and blue and, and celebrating team USA and these incredible female athletes. But back to your question. Sorry about that. Called little. No, I love it. You're they, excited. <laughs> they they call me Squirrel. That's my nickname. So you can probably actually one of my bosses has called me. That's my nickname, Squirrel. Um, so I remember earlier on we were downtown at a meeting with Prometica, and I was meeting with Mona Schauscher, and we were just kind of talking about, you know, what could we do with opening ceremonies? The opening ceremony, pretty much everything that we've always done at Solheim Cup happens at the golf course. Well, sure. with this community and what it is. And from, from the very beginning and the bid process, um, we're like, how can we take events downtown? So moving um, Solheim after sundown, which kicks off our um, event week down at Hensville, where Danbury Realtors is you know partnering up with us to sponsor that event. But don't ever walk into Prometica's office doors and sit down with Mona and tell her to think big because she has thought big. I feel like- nice the whole map of the downtown area, what we're doing. I mean, 35,000, 30 to 35,000 fans, like that gives me goosebumps and anxiety all in one. (laughs) It's incredible what she and the team and Prometica have been doing in support of this event. And the fact that you don't have to have a ticket to come out to Inverness, you know, to really see these athletes when, you know, I keep telling Mona, we have a small, small part of that five to six hour, which Sure. Opening ceremonies or the whole festivity starts at two in the afternoon through, you know, fireworks at evening. So in a, in a footprint for us to, you know, really embrace all those restaurant owners, people who have struggled for the past 15 months and really tried to open up and show, I call it the three C's Columbus, Cleveland, and Cincinnati, what this little region in Toledo, what we can do and what we can produce and what we can put on and really showcase this region to the world. So yeah. very, very proud of what they've been able to put together. It's incredible. And the fact yeah. that everybody buys in, it's like people will hold up their hand and they'll say, Hey, what can I do? And nobody says, Oh, I can't do that. It's like, where can I help and make it right. a successful event? Love it. No, it, it's so nice to see. And it's fun. Like 
downtown is now like prime for all these events just thinking of it the restaurants the everything about it, it it'll be awesome well and I think that's too what's helping I mean it's helping this community Solheim is to help launch you know future events you know I right. said this to Mary and to Mona who are working on the event for downtown I said heck this may end up being a Labor Day festivity every year now and um you guys do something big like this to celebrate Toledo I mean why not I mean now you've got the uh the footprint together and you've got the planning together why not continue to blow I mean and showcase this part of the country right right well for those who don't know really what the Solheim Cup is why would you tell them to whether it's to come or to tune in on coverage what would why would you tell them that they should be paying attention you know, and it's, again, I hate using COVID sometimes, but because um, I think my story would be a little bit different. But the fact mm. that um, the past 15 months, you know, we've all been locked up. We haven't been able to do anything. Um, and the fact now that we can come out and celebrate, I'm very close to women's, you know, women athletes in the sports. But to be able to come out, whether you follow the game of golf, you don't follow the game of golf, but knowing you can dress up in your red, white and blue, you can come out, paint your face how loud you can shout, grabbing a beer with a friend and be able to walk the course and watch these incredible athletes. I mean, I think of it like the Olympics. Um, you know, I am, I am not a downhill skier, but I'm a huge Lindsey Vaughn fan. Glad, right. you know, she's now retired, but I don't play hockey, but I love watching Team USA when it comes to hockey. So whether you play the sport or you play golf or you don't play golf, it's just an opportunity to get out and not only support these athletes, but your community and hopefully showcase Northwest Ohio to the world. I mean, right now, Abby, it's an incredible. Michigan, California, Texas, and Florida are the leading states of ticket purchasers right now. Wow. Outside of Ohio, Ohio is on top, but sure. those are all great states that already host two women's events, whether it's been the USGA or um, or the LPGA. That's amazing. That's yeah, amazing. pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. Well. I was going to ask you like, what's next for you, but I'm like, what's next for you is the actual Solheim cup. So I think we know. <laughs> I, I, to be honest with you too, I don't know what the next is. I would love to continue doing what I'm doing. Um, I, I just love it so much. And, you know, if it's with the LPGA, hopefully it is, but you know, I, I really don't know what the next step is. Would love to continue to do what I'm doing though. Love but it. I have to, though, can I, can I ask you a question? Or uh, yeah. A statement? I just want to say thank you to you and what you're doing with For the Ladies. Thanks. I might get a little sentimental here, but I can remember <laughs> back with Nancy Lopez. It, this is, you know, 12 years ago. And the two of us going into, whether it was a pro-am party or other events on the LPJ tour, just really trying to gauge women to pick up the game of golf and what you've done with for the ladies is incredible. And, and I can't thank you enough to share this great game. I just wish I would have played it earlier on in my sure. career. And, you know, I, I'm blessed that my kids both got a chance to play and um, you know, whether it's when I was at some time at headquarters down in um, Florida, we would love to go out and grab a sandwich and just go to the driving range. Like I think so many people have always thought, oh my gosh, I can't take away five hours of my day to go play 18 holes, but right. why not go to the driving range, grab a drink, grab a cocktail, grab a sandwich, you know, go play three holes, play two holes. There's nothing that's in our etiquette that says you have to go out and play 18 holes every time you play golf. And I think just yes. being able to get out 
and spending time with, with women and, and sharing your stories. And you know what? Like I said, I do not play golf well, but I always have the best time. Right. And that, that's what it's all about is like, just have a positive experience with the sport. Mm-hmm. Understand that there are women who are crushing it in this sport and you should be watching them and they're amazing and you should support them. Um, really like just, yeah, thank you for saying that. It's been a blast to get people connected to the sport. And, and you know, hearing you say, I wish I would have started the game sooner. I'm hoping we can be reaching women while they're in that, you know, 20s to 30 age group so that they don't like look back and say, gosh, I wish I would have started this like 10 years exactly. ago. So yep. thank you. Yeah, my, um, do- yeah, my daughter just got a job finally COVID graduated during with her master's during COVID, but it's funny she's doing some event planning and they asked her about a golf tournament to plan just a small event. And she was like, Oh yeah, I'll do that. And she goes, I'll even go hit golf balls. And then she's texting me, mom, where are my golf clubs? (laughs) (laughs) I said, they're probably in the basement here. So I think she's, and she's 25. So the more and more they can get young women, especially in the business profession, that opportunity. Yeah. And I just realized where you are. <laughs> I am at Inverness. I'm in the locker room. <laughs> I just like, wait a minute. I know where you are. I know that chair. <laughs> I know that chair. I know the right off your right shoulder. I know that. <laughs> so that's too funny. Well, my last question for you is just what advice do you have for women who aspire to be in a role similar to yours or, you know, go through the same career path you've had? I think I said it a little bit earlier, but it would be to to network. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, you always want to put your best foot forward. And that's why I always say like picking up the phone, you know, trying to have some type of, I know it was tough in COVID, but one-on-one with people where they can really see your personality. And um, you just never want to burn bridges at all. I always try to make, you know, turn lemons into lemonade. You just don't want to burn any bridges in your career path. And especially if you stay focused, just whether it would be in golf you know, whatever sport or um, kind of discipline you would would, um, choose, but just make sure, I mean, I write down names still to this day of people that I meet and, you know, somebody, and it's funny how you run into people who you may have worked with 10 or 15 years ago that can help you and who have made introductions for Solheim Cup. I will say that for hospitality, somebody Mm. I knew in Atlanta reached out and they got a small group of women together. There's eight of them coming up. But, you know, you just never really know. So always just be positive, put your best foot forward and communicate, communicate, communicate. Sorry. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for the time. I'm pumped for the Solheim Cup. I'll be here all week. So <laughs> Yay. Um, it's going to be awesome. Got my concert tickets. I think I'm doing one of the, um, there's like a beer, like pedal bike that you can do downtown. Oh, geez. I'm doing that on Friday. I've got, I've got like all the Toledo activities. That is awesome. I want to hear more about the beer thing. That's kind of cool. Oh, I'll, I'll reach out to you. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> um, cool. It is, it's at 550. So okay. I think it's like right, over, it, it's got to be like after, uh, I can't remember. Right during opening ceremonies from five to right, six. Right, right. Oh, and oh, then I'm going Chris Young tickets. Like we're ready. We're ready for the whole thing. <laughs> you will love Chris Young. A good friend of mine is his agent and he's going to be awesome. I can't cool. wait. He says wait. He, he loves to tell you how bad he, he sucks at golf. Cause I keep trying to tell him he needs to come out to Inverness for sure. either Friday or sa- you know, Saturday early afternoon before the concert. So we'll see if he does that. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you again. I can't wait. Awesome. It's going to be awesome. And I'll talk right. to you soon. All right. Thanks, Abby. 
Thanks for listening to today's episode. Our original music is composed and performed by my talented and wonderful friend, Ryan Young. If you're looking for more from For The Ladies, visit us at fortheladies.net and on Instagram at fortheladies. That's F-O-R-E. 